0: Welcome to the Same But Different podcast, a show that celebrates humanity, the ways we love others, the ways we keep love from coming in. We're going to dig deep. This show brings a dash of vulgarity and a whole lot of audacity to the Enneagram. If you're looking to know yourself on a deeper level, nurture healthier relationships, foster richer connections, and improve communication to make that happen, then you're in the right place, my friend. Hi, I'm your host, Amy, Enneagram alchemist and a fiercely supportive sister stepping in stride beside you are you ready to feel fucking seen? Are you ready to see others? Because I'm ready to ask those questions. The very things we're trying to avoid are exactly what we need to embrace in order to grow. So kick back, take off your bra, get comfy, and let's fucking do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Same But Different podcast. I haven't been on here in a minimum of a month. Um, I actually recorded, I have a recorded ready to go episode. I've had it for two or three months now. Haven't posted that. Haven't shared that. Um, I have just been unwell these last few months, probably longer than that if I'm really honest, but it's really shown up in a big way the last few months. And I keep feeling <clears throat> this this call or this push, whatever you want to call it, to come on here and talk about my mental health. And it's interesting because this morning I went on Instagram and did a story and asked if people thought I should do that. And as I was doing it, I realized why am I asking other people's opinions on on what I should do with my life and what's best for me on my podcast? Like it... It's just interesting to see some of my type 2-ness show up when I'm really aware of it. Um, I do want to start this episode with a trigger warning. I want to say that I am likely about to talk about, I know I'm going to talk about mental health. I'm going to be talking about suicidal thoughts quite frequently, not in depth by any means. Um, There will be no specifics, anything like that. So mental health. Suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideations, depression, some anxiety. And if anything else comes up, I will come back and add another trigger warning after this trigger warning. But for now, that is the conversation and the place I'm likely to go here. So if you are triggered by any of those things, or if for any reason you feel like, It wouldn't be safe for you to hear those topics right now. Please pass. Skip this episode. Um, This episode is about nothing but me. So really, it's not going to bring value to anyone's life. And your safety and comfortability always matters to me. So please do not listen if any of those topics around mental health are going to have a negative or adverse effect on you. I don't have a script for this. I'm normally pretty prepared for my podcast. I normally pull up a Google Drive doc, outline some things, bullet point it. I've been pretty open on here before that when I first started podcasting, I would literally type it word for word almost because I didn't really trust myself to remember everything I wanted to say. And I thought this episode isn't about you know, educating you all on the Enneagram, it's just to talk about me, which is strange. but I did get several messages back from people saying that they wished more people shared on mental health and that they would really appreciate a platform like this being used in that way. And I had to sit with that and make sure that I wasn't doing this for any kind of external validation or that I wasn't, you know, answering a call that other people wanted this. And I thought this feels right to me. It feels, it feels right and wrong. So it feels right in that I do want to share this. And it feels wrong in the fact that it, <clears throat> it does feel like an overshare. So I'm really just talking through my thought process. Um, No structure here. But if I'm just blatantly honest here, I've just not wanted to um, be alive for a while now. Um, Everything just feels really hard sometimes. And really hard. Even when it shouldn't. Even when I am a white cis woman who makes decent money and I have no children. And I'm in this situation in life where if you're looking in from the outside, it looks pretty privileged and it is, I own that completely. Um, and I've worked really hard to get to this point in my life. So it feels like I should be able, my therapist would say, there's your should language. Um, so it feels like I should be able to be really, really happy all the time. I have a lot of things going for me that I'm grateful for. I've worked really hard for some things and I'm just not in a good place. Um, And I'm not really 100% sure why, but I have just felt very hopeless. I think that's probably the best word for it the last few months. And it's not that I sit here and dream of self-harm. Pain is very traumatic for me. I hate pain. I cannot stand pain, a scratch, a little bruise, anything. I just feel hypersensitive to physical pain. So because of that, I could probably never act on these ideations I keep having and these thoughts I keep having. But again, it's not about wanting to harm myself. And I know that that is the case for some people. And I have so much compassion for that. For me, it's more, I think, I think it's more of wanting to escape. I just don't want to be here. It's not that I want to harm myself. I would just rather not exist, (laughs) exist, um, And it's really easy for me to get into victim mentality and to be a martyr. And I've always known that about myself, but the Enneagram has really given me additional language and compassion around how twos can be martyrs. Um, And it's hard because I am struggling. So I, I, I struggle to differentiate between my actual human suffering experience and am I exaggerating this at all? Am I using my suffering for something? Um, and it just feels hard. It feels incredibly hard. And I I don't know why this part that I'm about to say feels really hard to share. Um, I feel like it's just become part of my identity these last few years that I lost 100 pounds in a couple of years. And the last, I don't know, year or two, I've probably put on about 20 pounds. And for some reason, that brings me immense Shame for people to know, like I've had this like strange thing tied to my identity, like the person who lost a hundred pounds, and then it feels like this pressure to keep that up because what will people think? And that's my problem is who gives a fuck what people think? Why do I care? Why do I care what people think about me? This is my body. This is my life. Even the podcast. Why do I fucking care? Why do I need to go ask, do you guys think I should do a podcast about my mental health? like i I'm going to be forty years old next year. And I was telling an esthetician at an appointment recently that I just hope the day I turn 40 that some switch flips and all of these problems are gone. And that's just not how it works. I do find myself, the older I get, I'm caring less about some things. But it also feels like that type 2 ego structure has such a fucking grip on me sometimes to where it feels impossible to do things for myself. So if I go back to how I've been <clears throat> feeling lately, I've been feeling nothing. I mean, nothing but hopelessness, which is just like a, a nothingness if I had to sum it up. So I have this, this urge to do nothing, like complete inertia, just numbing out at home, doing nothing. I have a good friend who recently told me that I'm leaving a lot of money on the table every month with the Enneagram because I haven't taken action around making this an actual business and not just a podcast and Instagram. And he offered me a lot of business advice that he himself probably paid tens of thousands of dollars to receive and has beyond that offered to get on a call with me and help me start up this thing I have wanted to do for three years. And have I called him to set that up? Nope. Free business advice from one of the most incredible humans ever. Haven't done that. Um, it feels like too much. It feels like too much. And also if I'm extra honest about that, I feel incredibly guilty thinking of putting out things out there that people have to pay me for. Like it almost feels like I'm just here to do nothing but endlessly give of myself. And but at the end of the day, there's nothing left of me. And I feel like maybe what I'm experiencing is like compression of 40 years of that to where I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's been four fucking decades of this. And there's who is underneath all the giving, who is underneath all the serving and all the smiles. I don't even know. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who Amy is because I'm so others focused. And how can I make you happy? And what can I do for you? And how can I support you? And how can I be there for you? And you get the point. And I don't don't think It was until the Enneagram that I realized how much of my life, literally my life, I have spent on that of just not just giving of myself, but I guess it's also a giving away of my power. Like there's literally nothing left for me. If someone needs me to speak up for them, I will speak up for them. If someone needs me to step into conflict for them, move out of the fucking way. I've got you. I will step into conflict for you. I will do it shaking. I will do it crying. I'll probably do it really messy, but I'll do it without any hesitation. But to take care of myself at all, at all feels so wrong sometimes. And I'm doing the work. I've been doing the work for years and I know what it is. I I see my like my ego structure, even outside of the Enneagram, because obviously we're so much more than just our fucking types. I've said that and I'll continue to say that. But I see all the way, it's just impossible impossible for me to not see the world, especially myself, through the lens of the Enneagram. It's just how I see things now. Um, and so I know what this is. I know that this is my type structure gripping me. I know that I need to work to loosen it. And I do. I work every day to push against the people pleasing. And I've said no this year to, I just today was invited on um, a podcast with someone that I can't wait to eventually do. And we've actually been trying to plan it for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks, probably a month at this point. And I keep pushing it off. And I was experiencing so much shame because when I agreed to do it, I really was all in. And then my mental health just took, it just plummeted. And so I've been avoiding that conversation. And she reached out today and I said, I'm I need to be honest with you. My mental health is suffering and I I still want to come on, but I think it would be better done later this summer. So Amy, two years ago, would have still done the podcast. It would have still happened. I wouldn't have honored my experience. Um, So there are ways and areas that I have grown in, but the selfishness is where I really need to grow. I, I need to learn to be selfish. And I need to learn to not care if people, not just not care if people don't like me, I've really grown there too. But like today on Instagram, like why do I need to ask 40,000 strangers an opinion about something that is only, ultimately should only be my decision to make? Like, was I looking for some external validation in that? Or was I truly just asking an opinion? Um, Type twos, we are head center repressed or thinking repressed. So oftentimes I personally feel like I'm just like a walking, like a heart with legs in the world and thinking, as I mentioned on Instagram for anyone who caught my story a couple of days ago about feeling like I was drowning in my head, using my head over my heart. Um, since that head space is so hard for me to use, it can just be impossible for me to really make a plan of action for myself. Right now, I don't even remember where I was going with the head thing. So I don't even know what I was going to say. It just feels, everything has felt hard for so long. And today I was driving to the gym this morning and I was um, I was thinking of a conversation I had with my best friend Lacey when we were at the beach last year. And she just always invites me to invites, uh, demands, <laughs> with love to fully live, like to fully live and to show up as myself. And I, I wish so much that I saw me, that I saw myself through the eyes of someone like Lacey or someone in my life that I'm close with. Because when I look at me, I just don't see much that I like Um, on the outside, on the inside. Really, there's not much there that i see a lot of good in. And i i don't sh- i share none of this for sympathy. I'm not looking for people to message me and i'm not looking for any external validation here. I've checked in with myself on that. That's not what this is. I'm not looking for that. Please 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 don't do that. I don't need the external validation. But i also i have it's a choice, right? It's all a choice. I keep forgetting where i'm going with this because i didn't prepare. But it's all a choice what we do in our lives. Every fucking thing we do, every time these last few months, even if I've been deeply depressed, I've still chosen to numb out. Chosen? choose, Chosen. I've still chosen. It doesn't sound right, but we're going with it. I've still made the choice to numb out most days for the last two or three months. I've still made the choice to not work on my business because I've just told myself that it felt too hard because my emotions can go into overdrive and take over. And there isn't really agency in that, but I still have, I allowed it to take over, right? There's that choice in allowing it to take over. And like when I lost hundred pounds last time, I allowed myself, I have binge eating disorder. um, I allowed myself to get up to 300 plus pounds. And if I'm able to allow myself to walk around and wish I weren't here, if I'm able to walk around and say, I wish I just didn't exist, why can't I just walk around and say I want to fucking live and I want to be here and I want to do the things I'm here to do? I don't know why it's so much harder to make that choice. I don't know why it's so much scarier. I don't know why it feels so impossible. Like, and it if I'm really honest, it also feels a little unfair. I just wish it weren't that way for me. I wish that it was harder for me. To have these suicidal thoughts. or the, I don't even know if suicidal thoughts are the right thing because I'm not, again, I'm not envisioning myself. There's no self-harm. It's just the not existing. So please forgive me, anyone who's listening to this. I might be using some incorrect language here around what I've been experiencing. I just don't know what those terms are if, if I'm not using the right ones. I just want to own that. But if I'm able to walk around and put so much effort into not living, doesn't that also mean that I have the capacity within me to walk around and fully fucking live? Like, don't I have the capacity to show up for myself the way I do others? And I've shown up for myself before. I've done it time and time again. But I typically, I don't know about anyone else, I typically have to hit the very rock bottom before I will climb my way up. Period. I've never learned a life lesson in any easy capacity. I only learn the hardest way possible. I don't know... That's my pride getting in the way. It probably is my pride getting in the way, my ego getting in the way. But I'm never just like a little depressed or just like a little happy. It's always, um, it's a pretty big extreme with me. And so again, if I'm so open to sitting around and thinking, oh, I shouldn't be here. What if I put that effort into, that I'm putting into not wanting to be alive? What if I switch my mindset a little bit and i also want to say i'm not saying any of this with toxic positivity like oh just choose to live and life will be easy fuck that that's not how i wish therapy wouldn't exist medication wouldn't exist um however it might not be that easy but i can still i have agency i have the choice to take even a small step every day towards choosing to be here because i don't i used to not know why I was here because I don't have kids. Um, and at one point I really thought I wanted them, but I think that even that was put into my mind from other people. Um, I don't have kids for anyone who doesn't know I'm almost 40. My husband and I, we have no children. And at one point in my life I thought, Oh, I do want kids and I do want kids. And I started to go down that road and it was never going to happen. Um, and I re I eventually realized I don't want kids. I think that I just Wanted to do what was expected of me. And as a good girl, I'm supposed to have babies, right? Isn't that the expectation of women? You marry a boy, you have babies. <sighs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And trying to deconstruct all of that. And so I used to put a lot of worth or lack of worth into not having kids. And then I eventually realized I never fucking wanted them. I never wanted them. And it wasn't, it was definitely not from my husband pressuring me or anything like that. Um, I think I just always allowed society to drive that thought process of mine. And it was so fucking freeing when I finally realized I never wanted the kids. I just wanted the approval that came with them. And that's really hard to admit and sad that a society can put that kind of pressure on people, or that I, or to take some ownership in that statement, or that I allowed society to put some of that pressure on me. I have never been happier not having kids. I am not, I'm here and meant to do other things with my life and with my time. And I think it's things like that, right? Where I've always just done or acted or behaved or even dressed in a way that I thought was what people would want of me. And I don't know who these people are or how I'm determining what they want. Right. I'm all making, I'm making all of it up in my head as I go, apparently right like i'm just putting these stories into my head like oh i can't wear this shirt it's so bright green people might judge me who are these fucking people and why do i give a fuck if they would judge me cuz neon green is the shit right like if you don't like neon you're probably just not my people i'm joking you're probably my people but like it's this mindset that this mentality i guess and i'm just i guess i'm just externally processing on this podcast i'm just like staring out my front window while i'm talking but i guess it's this external like this need for validation and if i remove that from it it's like what do i like what do i want i didn't even know my favorite color until last year or the year before because my friend brie was coaching me around it and i had to be coached on it i actually had to be coached on it because when i used to dress i used to only dress in a way that i thought was like trendy or that other people would like and it has taken me the last 2 or 3 years since since knowing brie and having that conversation with her like i'm right now i'm wearing a neon yellow shirt and my nails are neon pink and I wore sweatpants to an aesthetic appointment. I would normally, you know, feel like I needed to look a certain way. So there are some ways that I've been kind of pushing against that, but it's what do I want? What do I want to do? Like, like the Enneagram, for example, I know I've, I keep saying I've really not found a way to turn this into a like a profitable business, one, it does feel wrong to take money for doing things for people, which is my work to do. But also two, I, I still haven't, I don't know that I have found the way yet, like the way that speaks to directly to my heart to actually, because if I'm going to do something with this world, like with the Enneagram world that I'm going to make it profitable, it has to be in full alignment with my heart. I have to be all in And head and body, everything has to line up with me and all three centers of intelligence in my body. And I just haven't found what that thing is yet. So I just keep being an Instagram account and I keep being a podcaster. Um, But also I think I need to remind myself that being a profitable business means I'm, I'm able to serve people on a larger scale. So I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this conversation at this point. Just getting very sweaty realizing i've been talking for 21 minutes about myself about nothing about nothing and about everything um but a friend reached out to me yesterday that i've known for four years about four years and she said something in her text like i i just want you to know how inspiring you are to me And I spiraled. I thought, I even said to her, I said, I don't want you to look up to me. I hope no one looks up to me. And she said, Too bad I do. Too bad I do. Um, And I think that's what prompted me to do this episode because I thought, not that people can't look up to humans who are struggling, right? But I thought, I am unwell. I am not okay. I'm not okay. I am just, I am letting, there are people in my life who know this also. I have not been suffering in silence like I've done most of my life. There are people in my life who know what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing. And I've shared the actual thoughts that have gone through my head. Um, so please just know that there is support happening on my end. My God, I keep forgetting everything I'm going to say. So, oh, so my friend had reached out, you know, saying that I was inspiring and I just, I lost it. I started sobbing and I thought I shouldn't be though. I don't want anyone to look up to me. I don't even love myself. Like I don't have I don't feel like I have enough self-love that I would want anyone to look up to me for any kind of inspiration. I have so much work to do on me. Um, So yeah, it just made me realize that I hope no one's walking around thinking that I've painted some picture perfect image of myself out into the world because I probably do to some capacity. One, because it's really not anyone's fucking business, right? This is potentially can be viewed as an overshare. Um, And also it's my podcast, so I'm just going to do what I want. But I thought if this can help someone feel normal in their struggle, if this can help someone realize that it's okay to be a messy human, if sharing these things while does very much open the door to some risk for me, because we all know the internet is a disgusting place, And sometimes when people open up on the internet, it opens the door for, like, trolls and all the things. And so there's always potential for that to happen here, which would be very crushing to me. Um, And also on the flip side of that, that feels like a worthwhile risk if there's even one person who's like, damn, I can survive this. I can show up. I can make the choice to live. Because I know that sometimes it can feel so much easier to just not be here. And I think sometimes it just would be easier. It's just, I'm honest, it would be easier. But the fact is we are here and I don't know why. I don't have a clue why I'm here. So I sure as hell don't know why any of you are here. And maybe the perp- maybe we're not supposed to know why. Maybe it doesn't matter. But all I know is I am here. And I only have this one life and somehow four decades of it have already gone by. Like, how is that fucking possible? I I just, I'm 38, I'll be 39 next month. And I cannot believe I'm like a damn near halfway to 80. That that was very crazy to me. And I've been through so much in my life that I think maybe this is an opportunity for me to dig deep and to really fucking live. I've made this conscious choice every day for probably about two years. I know I said for three, about two or three months, I've been really struggling, but the thought of wanting to not be here anymore, that's been several years consistently for me. Um, And I don't know if that's something I can just turn off, but I haven't even tried. I've literally put, the only effort I've put into it has been into staying in this headspace because it's almost comfortable here in this victim mentality. It's almost comfortable, right? Like there's a piece of me that is suffering, that is struggling. And then there is, in addition to that, a piece of me that I think is also maybe a little bit, God, this is fucking gross, like enjoying the suffering so I can use it as a tool to stay suffering instead of taking action on my life. And I don't even know if that's a cycle I realized until this very moment, Um Again, cycles are partly a choice, right? Partly a choice. And so with any kind of inner work, you have to start with noticing. And that's what I actually just did, As I just noticed that I think I have been in this, I don't know, mental and emotional cycle of being unwell and not even realizing that maybe I could do something about that other than try to escape it, other than try to numb it, other than try to avoid it. I got into ooh, this is a very tender share. I um, went back into therapy this year um, to talk about my sexuality, it's something that's come up for me in a big way. I'm not going to get into that in, on this podcast right now, but I got into therapy and we it got to be too hard. Like the not not therapy itself. My therapist is just the fucking best, but the. I don't know what it was, the awareness, the looking inward, the addressing me, what I actually might really want, what I might actually really need got way too fucking scary. It got too hard, it got too vulnerable and I I ended therapy. Um I was like, nope, I'm done. I can't. This is becoming for me. My I'm experiencing it in a way that is becoming dangerous to my health. Um and also the conversations I were have I was having are probably a huge piece of what has been, a, you know, like a catalyst for my mental health for a while now and the years of hopelessness I've been experiencing. So type two's defense mechanism is repression, which is typically done on an unconscious level. So, you know, going to my therapist and saying, I'm done working with you is not repression by any means, but it's still definitely a defense mechanism of, of a sort to where I'm saying, no, this is too much. I don't feel safe. I need to stop doing it. And while that's okay, my therapist fully supports anytime I need to stop, you know, working on something, I like to think that I can just put something in a box and then tape that box up, put that box in a closet and close the door and never open it again. And I'm like, no, bitch, that box is going to fall on your head one day. You can't just keep putting things in the closet. And so I don't know. I just share that to say that maybe if you're also someone who has been putting things in boxes and hoping that those boxes will just stay closed and not spill onto your head in life. I just want to say that those boxes, I hate to say this, those boxes are probably where we need to start, right? The things that we just keep pushing away and that we don't want to address because it's too hard and it's too painful and it's just too much, regardless of what it is, too, too. Two. Those are probably the very things we need to address at some capacity. Some kind of attention needs to go towards those pieces of ourselves or those parts of our lives that we've experienced that we want to do nothing but avoid. Because if we're putting all of this energy into avoiding it, we're still dealing with it, whether you realize that or not, right? Like, oh just kind of again talking talking through this with myself right now. I just happen to be doing it in front of a microphone. But the things I was talking to my therapist about Within my sexuality, um, I think I just keep hoping that I don't have to deal with it because I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to. Um, There's a lot of things like that in my life that I've done that with, not just sexuality, that I just put in a box and I'm like, nope, that's too hard. I I don't want to do that either. My the boxes are getting crowded. The closet is full. It's very much a Monica Geller situation where like I can't shut. that that back closet door anymore because it's full of so many fucking boxes and so much shit that's about to come that probably is already tumbling down on me and we all deserve a closet like that right I think we all deserve somewhere safe to put things temporarily to say this is too much this is too tender um is my podcast really about to cut me off it's really about to cut me off I'm gonna be right back this is so fucked up Anyway, before <laughs> my software rudely interrupted me, um, I just wanted to say that oh, it's going somewhere. Monica Gillard, if you're someone that has a closet like that, right, and this is obviously a metaphor, um, if you have a closet where you go to put things that are too hard, they're too tender, they're too vulnerable, it's just too much, your nervous system, everything in your body is saying, no, this is not safe, this is not comfortable to talk about. We all deserve somewhere to put those things until we do feel safe to address them, period. No one should have to immediately charge towards their trauma or be forced to deal with things before they're ready. Also, what does it serve us if we are continuing to use energy to push the very thing away we need to address? There's still an energy there. There's still an effort there. You're Again, the, we go back to choice, right? It's are you going to choose to push it away forever because that's a forever kind of fucking energy and a forever kind of commitment. Like, nope, this is too tender. We're not dealing with it. But the thing is, is it's still fucking there. It doesn't just go away. So it's still there waiting and waiting and waiting to fall on your head and spill onto you. And there's hey, Alexa ruining my life. Call my dentist. <laughs> okay. I got to call my dentist. Alexa, stop. <laughs> okay, you heard it here. That's my friendly reminder. Um, So I do think we all deserve that space to put things, to say... Not yet, not now, but I think it gets really dangerous when that flows into, I'm going to put this here to not ever deal with again because it's going to show up in some way. It's going to show up in our body, right? Like it's going to show up in our emotions. It's going to show up in our heart space. It's going to show up with anxiety in our head or in some form. It's going to show up somewhere. It's going to come out somewhere, whether we want it to or not. And we don't want it to, right? We put it in the box and we tape the box for a fucking reason. But I think if you can have someone to open those boxes with, that that could be really lovely. I know that when I have pulled out some of my hardest boxes, um, my absolute hardest boxes, I've never done it alone, ever. I have always had someone with me. I have always gone to a friend and said, I really want to look into this. Can you help me with that? That that reason that happened last year with a situation that I had repressed in my first marriage. Um, and it rocked me to know what had actually happened to me. And I couldn't have addressed that or face I guess I should say I couldn't have faced it and processed it without someone by my side. It f- could I have maybe? Sure. Was I capable of it? Probably. I just didn't want to. It felt way too scary, way too vulnerable. And when I do allow myself to go to my handful of close people that I really allow to step in and support and love me, it's so fucking lovely. It's so lovely. So Sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent. I guess I can't get off on a tangent. It's my episode about me. <laughs> Ridiculous. So I know that not everyone, right? There's a lot of privilege can come with having a support system. So I want to just call that out as well. I know that having a support system, having even just one safe person is a privilege. Not everyone has that. So if you're someone and you're listening to this and you have a box you want to open, maybe you don't have a safe person. Maybe there's not someone who can support you through that. How can you best support yourself? What is it you might need in order to open that box? Does that potentially look like professional help? Again, calling out that professional help is also a privilege that not everyone has access to. There's a lot of accessibility and privilege that comes with that as well. so yeah, I would just say if there are boxes, to stick with this analogy I won't shut up about, if there are boxes that you've pushed away and you want to open them, I just want to gently encourage you to do that whenever it feels right to you. I don't know. For me, I didn't have a choice. The boxes fell on top of my head, but I just, I shoved them up there and I shut that door and it got too f- filled with shit and it all came pouring onto me. And if I would have just willingly looked, willingly addressed these things, willingly given myself some fucking compassion and self-love and grace and reminded myself, this is hard. And also I will be okay. This is hard. And also I can fucking do this. I am someone who needs to do things like that with people by my side. And again, I'm very privileged that I have that option. Um, But I also want to say that that's not going to be true for everyone. Some people very much prefer to go through their shit alone. And that's okay too. Whatever works for you. But those boxes, man, they're going to take over our life if we don't do something with them. Anything. Anything. Even if we we got to peek into them every now and then and not let them have control over us okay, I don't really know how to end this or where to go from here. Um, I want to say thank you for anyone who has made it this far. This, My hands are sweating. You can't see me, but I'm, I've been like wringing my <laughs> hands together this whole episode. Um, and I just want to say thank you for, Well, I was going to say thank you for allowing me the space, but again, this is my fucking podcast. God, regardless, thank you for listening. This has been much more I think therapeutic than I thought it would be. I thought this would be much, much harder. We'll see how it feels to hit publish and put this out into the world. Know that if this episode ends up deleted, it's because a lot of people came for me. Like if there's a lot of trolls out there and shit, I'll probably end up deleting this. Um, But hopefully not. Hopefully in the Lord's year of 2023, we can just make some fucking room for people's lives and people's experiences. So no, actually no. If trolls come for me, fuck them. I'm not deleting this. So it is what it is. This is going to live here. Um, And if you are someone experiencing these things and you have also been experiencing any kind of dark thoughts or anything like I've shared, I hope that you are able to give yourself some grace and some compassion and understanding that being a human is fucking hard, period. No matter who you are, it's hard. And I just want to make room for that and validate that if you're struggling, that your struggles are valid, that your tears are valid, and that I hope you're able to offer yourself some compassion. Until next time, friends.